Does Christ desire for us, his followers, to avoid the darkness? Or does he desire for us to acknowledge it and sit in it for a while, that is, as long as we sit with him? Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on January 26th for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, 10.30 a.m. Mass at Ascension Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. The theme of light and darkness permeates our readings uh, for this weekend. This uh, contrast between what is obvious, that uh, there's light and there's dark. And oftentimes in our lives, we, we encounter something along the same, that there are good days and there are bad days. There are uh, occasions for happiness and there are occasions for worry, concern, or anger, frustration, all of the above. This, this contrast is uh, presented, uh, first of all, in this uh, reading from Isaiah that harkens back to the kingdom of Israel that was being threatened, the darkness for the kingdom of Israel, was the encroaching Assyrian army. This was a, a threat that uh, was a kind of, well, existential in nature. It, it uh, threatened the very being of the kingdom of Israel. It was uh, a kingdom that was known to, to conquer, enslave, and to uh, essentially destroy uh, the culture. And so this looming darkness was just over the horizon. And for many of them, every single uh, uh, inhabitant of the land of Israel would have, uh, at least to some degree, been affected by that. Many, I'm sure, would have gone about their daily lives trying to uh, forget uh, the reality of the impending threat that was just over the horizon, but for others it probably was impossible uh, to forget and to, to not realize just how close they were uh, to destruction. And so uh, the prophet Isaiah speaks to them about being encountered by light in the midst of their darkness. Paul, in our second reading, for his part, speaks of the reality that we are called to be one community. We're not called to be this community over here and this community over there. We're not called to follow this individual or that individual. We're called to be the body of Christ. But that's problematic, in a way, because when we are truly the body of Christ, the happiness, the gladness of one part is our gladness, our happiness. But the sorrow and the distress, the despair of, of one part is, is also our sorrow and our distress. And so this uh, being in the body of Christ has its, uh, its uplifting parts, but also the reality that when one part struggles, the entire body struggles. Which brings me to the reality that on the eve of this Catholic Schools Week, there is the unfortunate and perhaps maybe even ironic reality that one of our communities in the city of Louisville is closing their doors. My heart goes out to the parishioners of St. Leonard. Uh, the news came out just days ago that their school at the end of this school year will, will close. After years of serving the people in that area of town, uh, they no longer will be able to, to keep their doors open. And so 
as we celebrate Catholic Schools Week, not to put a damper on our celebration, but to recall the, the precious reality that is uh, Catholic education and how um, their reality, their darkness at St. Leonard's, not that their um, story is done, but it certainly is taking a different course in the next couple of months. And so their distress, their sorrow, their despair uh, is in a way, ours as well, especially recognizing that just five, six years ago, the community of Ascension was in a very similar kind of peril with the reality that our school uh, could close as well. And so it can cause, I think, in many of us, I know I've spoken to, to priests and, and other leaders of the church, and, and how this news of, of what has taken place at St. Leonard uh, can be distressing. It can cause us to wonder, you know, what is it that we are called to do? How can we make sure that the gift that we have here at Ascension or wherever we might be uh, is maintained, is capable of still ministering to those who are in need of, of that Catholic education that we provide so well here? It is a reality that many might want to just turn their back to, just ignore as best as possible, like that looming darkness of the Assyrian army, just kind of pretend it's not there. Others are uh, desiring to face it, but don't quite know really what to do. It's just so big of an issue, the, the reality of Catholic education in our country. This dichotomy, this, this tension between wanting to actually look at at the issue and, and deal with it and acknowledge it, and then our capacity to ignore it is the subject of a cartoon I once saw, a, uh, a, a six-scene uh, cartoon that I ran across uh, several years ago, actually, and it, well, it spoke to me on a, a spiritual level, and uh, I'm going to, to share those six scenes with you to try and explain this reality. If you like, you can pull up your Google machine and look up Existential Dread Cartoon. That's all you have to look up. If you don't know how to spell existential, don't worry. Google will fix it for you. Existential Dread Cartoon. This six-scene cartoon begins with a man, and it says, buy a new tie. So it shows him buying a tie. And then the next scene is cook macaroni. And he, with a smile on his face, a smile, by the way, that he maintains throughout the entire six scenes. He, he, he maintains this uh, uh, posture of everything's okay. So the second scene, cook macaroni. So he cooks macaroni. The third scene, do cardio. And so you see him exercising. The fourth scene, he's sitting in a chair and you kind of get the sense that, well, something's off. And below that one, it says, don't let the existential dread set in. You can kind of see, you know, something's, something's amiss. And then in the fifth scene, you see him sweating, and it says, don't let it set in. Just whatever you do, don't let it set in. And then the sixth scene, vacuum the rug. In other words, in other words, do anything you can to just not think about it. Existential dread is, is the reality that, of the big questions. You know, what does all this mean? What is, what is the point of, of any of this? What am I supposed to do? 
And many of us will do whatever it takes not to look at it. We will buy a new tie or anything else. We will cook food. We will exercise. We will even vacuum a rug to try and avoid sitting with that reality. Because if we sit with it, then we have to face it. We don't like to face those questions, especially when there's not an easy answer. Another cartoon, a general uh, cartoon that I want to bring to mind, you've all seen them. One picture, one cartoon is uh, very, very similar to the next. And the quest is to find the differences. There are five differences, or whatever, hidden in the midst of this cartoon. And you're supposed to find the very small details that differentiate one from the other. Well, I think in a way, we're kind of playing a similar game with today's readings. The prophet Isaiah is quoted by Christ in our gospel. But there's a small, tiny, three-letter, four-letter, dependent difference. That prophet Isaiah says, those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus quotes Isaiah as saying, those who sit in darkness. And I do wonder if Christ isn't inviting us to seek the healing, the grace, that can be found when we do just sit. When we do not give in to the darkness, that's not what I'm saying at all, but sit in it so that we can actually experience it. Not trying to avoid it by doing whatever it is that we might normally do, but sit there with Christ in the darkness. I think the reason, perhaps, that he changed it is that if we walk in darkness, we're trying to fix it ourselves to a certain extent. We're trying to find the light switch, so to speak. But those who sit in darkness realize that the dawning of the light is beyond their control. Dawn will come when it will come. We can't make it happen. can't make it happen any quicker. The light will come when the light is ready. And so sitting in that darkness, asking those difficult questions that we might not even be able to answer, is a place of grace in our lives. If we're willing to go there, if we're willing to experience the difficulty, the distress, the anxiety, especially if the brothers and sisters in our other community are experiencing the same thing, might be an opportunity for us to think, what is it that we are called to do especially with this great gift of Catholic education that we have here at Ascension. In that darkness, in that difficulty, sitting with Christ, waiting for the light to come, there is the possibility, like Andrew and Peter, James and John, of hearing that small voice, that small voice that simply says, come and follow me. you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day 
and every day to come.